Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Chatterbox, the Culips series that features completely, totally natural conversations between English native speakers talking about fascinating and interesting topics. Chatterbox is perfect for intermediate and advanced English learners who want to sharpen their English listening skills, build their vocabulary, and ultimately become fluent English speakers. And I'm not alone today. I am joined by my co-host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. Hey, Andrew. So before we get into our topic for today, which I think is really fascinating, it is about online privacy. And I know we both have lots to say about that, Cassie. But before we get into that, I did want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Olivia from the USA. And Olivia left us a nice message and nice ranking on Apple Podcasts. She said, love this already on the second day. So she must be a new listener. So welcome aboard. And she wrote, I will keep listening to this podcast and I feel confident that this will help me to improve my English. And Olivia, we certainly hope that you can improve your English with us. And one more announcement, everyone, that there is a study guide for this episode available for all Culips members on our website, which is Qlips.com and we recommend following along with the study guide while you listen along with us today. And if you're not a Qlips member yet, but would like to see why our study guides are such an awesome resource for studying English, then just visit Qlips.com and you can navigate to the study guide samples option under the membership menu. And there you can download six free samples, check them out, and see if it would be a good fit for your English studies. All right, let's get into our main topic of conversation for today, which is internet privacy, internet privacy. And Cassie, the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is that there is a big controversy brewing over a popular app called TikTok. TikTok. I'm not talking about the hands of a clock ticking back and forth, TikTok, TikTok, which is where this word comes from, but I'm talking about this new social media app. And so have you ever heard of TikTok before? Well, of course, I've heard of TikTok, but I do not use it myself. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you know about it? I heard it's kind of like the new Vine. So Vine was a six-second video social media platform a couple of years ago that kind of failed. But TikTok is this new version, you know, like short videos that really grab people's attention. Me as well, Cassie, I don't use TikTok. I'm not a TikToker. Mm -hmm. And mainly because I think I just have social media fatigue 
like signing up for a new app and making a new profile and finding <laughs> new friends. It's just too much for me to do. But it's really, really popular. It's the top app in the world. It's beating Instagram. It's beating Facebook. It's beating Snapchat. And just like you said, it's an app that features short video clips. And a lot of people praise it because they feel like it's more authentic and spontaneous than Instagram. So like, mm. you know, when you go on Instagram, there are influencers and it's very obvious that these people have put a lot of thought into the picture or the video that they're posting. Mm -hmm. Whereas on TikTok, it feels like kind of spur of the moment. People are just grabbing their phone and making a short video and uploading it. And I think for that reason, it has really taken off a lot. Yeah, I agree. I do think there's a lot of, I don't know, video editing on TikTok these days now, though. Maybe it was more spontaneous, but I feel like people are trying to grab the attention because there's such an influx of users these days. A lot of what I used to see on TikTok was like cool dance videos and, you know, spontaneous things. But it seems like these days it's more video edited tricks that people do that you know are definitely not real <laughs> yeah well as soon as it gains popularity i think then you have people that are like oh i can make some money off this so mm -hmm. then if they treat it as a career they're going to put a lot of effort into it that's and right absolutely so tiktok is popular but i mentioned it was controversial mm. so have you heard about the controversy at all surrounding TikTok? You know, I haven't heard much. I just know that TikTok was made in China. And then I also know that Trump really hates TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think originally TikTok was an American app, actually. Mm -hmm. And then it was ah, bought okay. by a company called ByteDance. And ByteDance mm -hmm. is a Chinese social media company that has several different apps. I was actually looking at their website yesterday and I was surprised to see that they have not just TikTok, but many different social media apps for different countries. So they have like an, an app that's big in India and a different app that's uh, popular in Japan and one in Malaysia. So it's kind of an interesting company in that respect. Mm -hmm. But really, I think people in the Western world, specifically the USA, but also in my country of Canada as well, there was concern that ByteDance is a Chinese company and that, you know, when you upload your pictures, your videos, and when you give your phone access to that app, and then I guess indirectly you're giving the company access to your phone that way, then people are concerned about their privacy and where um, that data is going and whether ByteDance might feel pressured to share user data with the Chinese government. It's a deep topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely a, an issue that we shouldn't take lightly, but I think we really do these days, you know, uh, every time you sign up for an app like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, they have a user agreement that 
you know, is 500 pages long, but we simply hit the little box and get started. Yeah. Do you know anybody who reads the legalese in the user agreements? No, no one. Do you know anybody, Andrew? (laughs) No, no. Nobody's got time for that, right? It's just too much. So I guess this is the background of why I wanted to talk about internet privacy is that, you know, given the trade war that's happening right now, also Mm -hmm. between the USA and China, it's just not a great time for relations between the two countries, unfortunately. And yeah, there are many people talking about the internet privacy and the security issues regarding this app. So with that being said, why don't we move on to more our personal opinions and what we do to protect ourselves, if anything, (laughs) online. (laughs) (laughs) So Cassie, in general, what do you think about internet privacy? Is it something that you think about at all? Is it on your mind? Or is it just not an issue for you in your life? I wish it was more of an issue in my life. Um, I do think it's really important, but I get lazy, you know, I'm in a rush to do something or sign up for something and I don't really care in the moment. Um, but I think it's really important and I think the things that we sign up for can really influence not just our life, but, uh, what we see. So I've heard that Apps like TikTok and Facebook actually influence people's decisions, not just for buying things with advertisements, but also the way they think politically. I saw an amazing documentary that said the reason why uh, a lot of the world is so contentious on issues now is because Facebook and TikTok and Instagram put posts on your news feeds that focus only on your ideas. So if you lean more conservatively, they only put conservative content on there to reinforce your belief that, oh yeah, I'm right. See, I saw that on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. But if you're more liberal, they'll do the opposite. They'll post news feeds that, you know, post that propaganda. So it's really interesting how it can kind of brainwash you too. Yeah. I mean, all of these apps, what they're doing is trying to hold your attention for as long as possible, right? That's what they are in the business of. And I think because of that, personally, I've tried to stay off some social media sites more and more, or definitely I don't use it as a place to get news, (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Facebook is maybe not the best place to get your news these days, especially about the USA. I don't know about other countries, but we call this confirmation bias, Cassie. And that's when you are searching out for news or, you know, posts on social media that match your already established beliefs. So Mm. like you said, if you are a conservative person and then you go onto Facebook and you see a bunch of conservative news stories that reaffirm what you already believe, then this is confirmation bias. And it's not true exposure to, you know, the variety of ideas that actually exist in the world. 
Another issue with these sites is that a lot of them download software immediately onto your phone that you don't even realize is on there sometimes. Like maybe once they'll ask access to your microphone or ask access to your location. And you might not realize that you pushed that button, but you did. So every time you go on that app, they know exactly where you are, exactly what you're saying, and maybe even who you're with if their phone is also in the same location and also logged into one of those apps, which is kind of scary to think about. Yes, I agree. And it's funny that you mentioned that because this week my Apple software on my iPhone updated and they have some stronger privacy and security features in the app now. And I guess I had given access to my bank app to track my location and Apple flagged it as being uh, a privacy concern because they said, whoa, within the last 15 minutes, your app has asked where you are seven times. Do you want to <laughs> keep this happening? And I was like, whoa, that is insane. No, I need to turn off this feature. <laughs> like my bank shouldn't need to know where I am seven times within 15 minutes. Um, I thought that was outrageous. So yeah, some of these things, like you said, we don't read the legalese. We might just want to install an app quickly. We hit OK, OK, OK. And then who knows what we've given these companies access to do. Mm, exactly. I, I've noticed also that I get so much junk mail now after downloading these apps because probably somewhere in their legalese that you mentioned they have a clause saying, is it okay if we share your information or your email address with other companies? And since mm -hmm. we don't read it, it's part of our agreement. And then we get all of this junk from other user, <laughs> other sites that we don't even care about. Yes. Yeah. That's so annoying. The spam, the spam, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so with all of this being on the table then, um, do you do anything to protect yourself or to stop this from happening? Uh, for me, after I download an app, I always go into my settings and make sure that location is turned off and microphone. And usually I also turn off advertisement software buttons so that they can't see what I'm buying. Sometimes I like it so they can show me things that I might want to buy in the future, but <laughs> the algorithm's not always bad. I'm the same mm -hmm. way. Like sometimes if you want to sell me a product that I need and you can send me an ad that uh advertises that product at a cheap price, then that's actually a useful feature for me. But yeah, most of the time I use ad blockers and different apps to minimize how much advertising I see. And uh, I don't go as far as to tape my webcam, but I have mm. occasionally put a sticky note over top of it because, you know, after Edward Snowden came out several <laughs> years ago talking uh -huh. about the NSA and he made this big, I mean, he blew the whistle, right, as uh, a warning to everybody about what um, the government and other companies can do and how much access they have to our information 
through turning our phones on remotely and looking through our webcams and listening to our mics. That kind of freaked me out a bit. So occasionally I will uh, cover up my webcam or, you know, just put my phone under a pillow or something so that it's not always <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> I think that's, um, yeah, that's about what I do. But uh, I don't know. It's it's hard. We have busy lives. Mm -hmm. How can we stay on top of everything? I wish these companies would just act a little more respectably. Yeah. Also, on top of that, I think this is getting a little bit conspiracy theory-ish, but mm -hmm. um, I love it. The I love conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> um, information is power, right, Andrew? Mm -hmm. The more information they have, the more resources they have, the more influence they have in our lives and in our governments, the more power they have over everything. You know, a lot of these uh, social media companies like Facebook, Google, Amazon, not social media, but similar. Uh, mm -hmm. They're like giant monopolies right now that shouldn't be allowed to exist, but they do. And I'm sure they influence much more than we can even comprehend as a everyday citizen. Yes. And that, that actually kind of brings up another issue that is raging right now in the USA regarding Twitter and their censorship of some tweets by Donald Trump. I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, by his press secretary and people are getting banned all over the place. Um, right now, when we are recording this, everyone, it's just a couple of days after the American election and we're not sure who the new president is yet. It's just an interesting time to see how social media can craft reality, right? They can mm -hmm. have a very strong effect. These private companies can have a strong effect on the political situation and who is able to send their message out and who is not. And this just brings up a host of ethical questions that are really interesting to think and talk about. But Cassie, I think we'll <laughs> save it for another day. I'm excited to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should definitely talk about that in an upcoming Chatterbox episode. So everyone, thank you for listening today. If you found this conversation to be a little more challenging than our regular Culips episodes, don't worry, that's okay. This was a more advanced level conversation. And again, we're speaking at our regular everyday speaking speed. So there's that factor as well. But nonetheless, thank you for studying English with us today. And to recap this episode, we talked about internet privacy and internet security. And our focus was on social media apps like TikTok and Instagram and the influence that they can have in our lives. So if you enjoyed this episode and found it educational and entertaining, then please support us. You can do that in a variety of ways. You could sign up and become a paid Qloops member. And we are so appreciative of our members because they keep us going. And without them, then, well, Qloops wouldn't really be around. So thank you so much to all of our members. And you may be wondering what benefits you get when you sign up for membership. Well, you get unlimited access to our study guide library, ad-free episodes, 
and much more. So to find out all of the details, just visit qlips.com and you can sign up to become a member. But that's not the only way to support us, is it, Cassie? No, it's not, Andrew. You could also leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. Or you could tell your friends about the Culips English podcast. And of course, you could follow us on social media. Although you might not want to after <laughs> listening to this episode. <laughs> Our email is contact at qlips.com. And if you'd like to drop us a line and send us a message, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye.